1: For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's Lifetime Membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today.
0: Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 1059 on a Monday night. Joe Jellio hanging out with you. Sports Radio 94 WIP. 888-729-9494. That's how you hop in. We have Vince Quinn behind the glass. We have Rob Cherry in the updates. And you with us. On the lines, a lot to get into between now and two o'clock, a whole bunch of topics on the Eagles, the relocation of the Raiders. And if that ever happened in Philadelphia, what this town would do, we'll get back into all that kind of stuff. But right now we go out to the Schwartz Colton guest line, bringing on Brandon Lee Gouton, You know, him from bleeding green nation, bleeding green nation radio as well. Brandon, how you doing tonight?
2: What's going on, Joe? One more month until the 2017 NFL Draft right here in Philadelphia.
0: That's right. One more month to so a whole bunch of traffic and a whole bunch of craziness. as a whole bunch of big people coming to this town, but it should be fun. And we're looking forward to it, especially, Brandon, with the Eagles and the 14th pick. Before we get to all these the rumors and draft stuff and the owners' meetings, when you're following all these mock drafts, Brandon, you look at what the Eagles might do, could do, are you more confused now than you were a month ago, or do you have, do you feel like you have a better guess on what they're going to do now?
2: I feel like my opinion changes almost by the minute sometimes with this. I mean, you see, you see these mock drafts everywhere. You see the Eagles and their needs, and you look at cornerback, and you're like, oh, well, they clearly need to draft a cornerback in the first round. They have a gaping hole there. But then you start talking yourself into, well, this is a deep cornerback class. Maybe they can get a guy later. Maybe they need – to get a guy at a position in the first that isn't so deep, like defensive line. We saw a rumor come up about that last week, or maybe it's a wide receiver there. So a lot of different options, but I feel like it almost has to be one of those positions, defensive line, cornerback, or wide receiver. I think we can narrow it down to that, but then from there, there's just so many players it could be.
0: Well, I'll throw one more in just because there's been a lot of smoke and, and you know, a lot of rumors about it running back. And may, maybe it's not a 14. Maybe you're right there. Maybe if they did like one of these backs, they would move down and try to recoup some value. But what are your thoughts on these top backs, Brian? Let, let's go with Dalvin Cook. Let's go with Christian McCaffrey, guys that could be first round picks. And I don't know what's going to happen with Joe Mixon, even though he has that talent. W- what's your philosophy on drafting backs relatively high?
2: Personally, I am not super opposed to it because I look at uh, the run game, and I think, you know, you look at so many people talk about how it's a passing league, it's a passing league, and obviously the Eagles feel that way. They moved up to get Carson Wentz, uh, and they, they spent resources on wide receivers this off season. But you look at teams like Dallas and, you know, these teams that run the ball, and even, hey, look at the 2013 Eagles when they had the NFL leading rusher LaShawn McCoy that's the same year Nick Foles who is clearly not more than a backup at this point at least in his NFL career that's how he had that amazing season there you look at these teams that they're able to rely on the run and it really helps the quarterback out. I think it would be great for the Eagles to do that if they could get a running back in here who could do that I just don't think it's going to be likely because you look at the team's draft history you look at Harry Roseman and Joe Douglas and they there isn't this extensive history of them drafting running backs really high on. So I just don't think it's likely to happen, even though I wouldn't be opposed to it.
0: Yeah, and obviously the names this year, Brandon, are not, it's not just your typical running backs. Two of these kids, and I'm not trying to paint them all in the same picture, but two of them have major red flags off the field and even some injury issues. We throw Dalvin Cook with that. But then the Joe Mixon situation, when, when it comes to the Eagles, I mean, last year they did – They did kind of start creeping towards this line, right? Jalen Mills, it's almost like no one wants to talk about it now. And and I'm not Mm -hmm. saying he's a bad kid and he didn't get in trouble at all last year here. But he had an issue uh, or a red flag, we could say, with a similar situation coming out of LSU. Probably why he fell in the draft. So the Eagles already have kind of gone down this path.
2: Yeah, we also saw that with Wendell Smallwood. You know, there were some issues there and and Alex McAllister. Uh, I think the key difference there being, and Howie Roseman had talked about it, obviously, you know, guys who were day three picks, guys who they felt like they could take uh, resources that aren't super valuable, seventh-round picks, kind of like that, and take chances on those players and really feeling like they have to take chances on those players because they had, they'd had given up picks in the Carson Wentz trade, so it became more important to, to take chances on uh, players with character concerns. You know, when you look at Joe Mixon and – and someone like that, it feels like you're going to have to really pull the trigger there with a potentially a second-round pick, and, and that's when it becomes a lot more risky and a, a lot, more, uh, a, a lot of more potential downside if things don't go the right way.
0: Yeah, it would be, and it certainly would be a PR nightmare, at least in the moment when they brought that guy in. Now, before we get to the rumor that you put up, the draft rumor on Bleeding Green Nation that I was talking about a little earlier that I think is really interesting, I want to get your thoughts on... Jeff Lurie's involvement, and you and I may have talked about this before, but the latest thing I saw was Jeff McLean had a little nugget in one of his pieces that, um, this was recently, just today I think it was, I read it, that you know right before the owners' meetings, that Jeff's going to talk for the first time in a while. But according to McClain, sources told him that you know the Eagles' push to add wide receivers was spurred on by Jeff Lurie. Maybe he didn't say go get Jeffrey, he didn't say go get Torrey Smith, but he made it clear they should go get weapons for Carson Wentz. They did. This is like the fourth different little thing over about a calendar year that it feels like Lori's more involved now with football decisions or football direction than he ever has been. How do you, how do you feel about that, Brandon? Because it, it doesn't make me feel good.
2: It, it shouldn't make you feel good, Joe, because you don't want your owners involved in the, the day-to-day football decisions. That's not what they are there for. You you want an owner who he comes in, he hires guys, and then he trusts those guys. And obviously he's there to... Uh, be a part of the process when it's in these big picture decisions such as hiring a coach or hiring a general manager or or picking the quarterback or things like that nature. But I think the, the Lurie involvement, I think there's a common theme in these instances instances where he has stepped in. I think this has been written about too. It seems like he almost has an obsession with Carson Wentz. First, and last year was about getting him. And I think Lurie was a big driving force behind that. And this year, it wasn't just about signing the wide receivers. It was also blocking uh, the Jets from hiring the Eagles quarterback coach, John Filippo. So I think Lurie has this really big investment in Wentz, uh, and I think he really wants to do everything he can to make sure the quarterback succeeds. And obviously there's only, that's only logical because if the quarterback's doing well, you figure the team is uh, following suit. So I think it comes down to the, the Wentz thing there. But I would agree with you that, you know, you don't want to see your owner super involved in the day-to-day kind of moves.
0: Yeah, and look, if it was one or two things, I'd say okay, you know, maybe that's just a coincidence. But when it's four or five over the course of a year, it feels like uh, this is a theme that's developing here. You mentioned Wentz, uh, Brandon, and when he, when Howie Roseman was in this studio with Angelo Cataldi right after the season ended, him and he and Joe Douglas came in here, and they mentioned that they would listen to some input from Carson Wentz. Well, you have a post up on Bleeding Green Nation. Uh, maybe taking that even a step further and some input they could get. So tell us what you read. I think it was Josh Norris who you heard in that video uh, and and this rumor out there that the Eagles uh, might have given Carson some homework here.
2: Yeah, and it's it's funny because Josh Norris mentioned this tonight that uh, basically said that the Eagles had given Carson Wentz a list of six or seven wide receivers that he needs to watch and then give feedback on. And it's interesting. Like, as you said, you know, Howie Roseman had talked about uh, the possibility of Wentz being involved in personnel decisions or at least having some kind of input. And it's not like I think Carson Wentz is going to go up there and make the pick himself or anything, but uh, they're clearly valuing his input here. And, and the other thing with that rumor is we kind of heard it a little bit earlier this off-season, and we saw uh, Wentz working out with uh, Chad Hansen and Cooper Cup out in California. So it seems like these are some of the wide receivers that could possibly be on that list if the list really exists, and which so I think uh, there might be a decent uh, case to be to be made that it does. So uh, definitely kind of want to keep an eye on some of those names, especially as the draft gets closer.
0: Yeah, no, we definitely will. I mean, the names that you wrote in there and, and the possible names, or at least the ones that he worked out with already that we had that photograph of, you know, if they draft one of those kids on day two or day three, it, it's all going to come right back to this, right, Brandon? We, we, this story will come back because – Whether it's true or not, the connections are already there. If they take those guys, it's going to be like, oh wow, they listen to Carson Wentz.
2: Yeah, it's really interesting too because we saw. I think it's fair to assume some of the big names might be on that list, such as you know your first round targets, Corey Davis, John Ross, Mike Williams. But we're also seeing some kind of more, a little bit more obscure names uh, like Shelton Gibson, I believe. Josh Norris mentioned, who is a a Virginia wide receiver who has, I think, averaged something like twenty two over twenty two yards per catch. So. I think it's clear the Eagles are looking for a deep threat. I think that's a theme in the wide receivers they're working out. Uh, I don't know how great it is that for the Eagles that this information is kind of being leaked out. I don't know. Maybe they want that. Who knows? The draft process is always crazy. There's smoke screens and everything. But, again, it's at a very at the very least, it's interesting to see.
0: Oh, it is. It's something we'll keep our eye on, Brandon. Last one for you. I'll throw the question we've been talking to uh, with the audience tonight at you. So we know the Raiders are leaving Oakland now, and they're going to head to Las Vegas. And we were talking and thinking about the fan base there in Oakland and what, what those people do now. What would you do? And now, obviously, you write about the Eagles, so you could mm-hmm. you could always do that from afar because of the magic of the internet. But what mm-hmm. would you do if the Eagles left Philadelphia? From just say, let's just leave you as a football fan, a you know, consumer of the sport on sundays would you still follow the eagles or would you cast them aside and either give up on the nfl or start watching a different team
2: uh that's a really good question joe um man it's tough i feel like it kind of depends where they would move to you know if they're moving to let's say new york for some reason i don't think that would happen i don't think they need a third football team but i mean i just i mean i wouldn't really feel good about that at all you know being in it's like another team in giants territory and Jeff's territory and all of that but uh I don't know. I I think it would depend where they where they moved. I feel like if they moved, at the very least, I would I would personally kind of become less attached. I don't know if I would, you know, totally just stop following them at all, but I feel like the passion there would have to die down. I mean, they're not in the city. It would just be weird. Oh, I think, I think that would be a, a very dark time in Philadelphia if that happened.
0: Yeah, something that – I actually had one caller earlier who thought I was serious and was really upset. So, yeah, dark time oh. I, Dark time is probably putting it lightly. Brandon, always appreciate a few minutes here. Have a good one. We'll catch up soon.
2: Take it easy, Joe.
0: There he goes. Brandon Lee Gowton, bleedinggreennation.com.